Hey, Bill, come here. I want to show you something. Did you try to build another time machine? No. Did you find a pimple on your nipple and think it's a vestigial twin? No, not, not this time. I've been watching Kung Fu stuff on YouTube. Snatch the dice from my hand. Like this? Well, I wasn't ready that time. Get ready to walk the rice paper path, students of the dojo, because it's five approaches to playing an urban monk this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Master's Dojo podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Not as quick as you thought you were, huh? I, well, I wasn't ready. I didn't. I, I wasn't centered appropriate. My my key wasn't uh, flowing. You want these back? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Watch out! Not bad for an old man. <laughs> well, the fastest ones in every kung fu movie are the old ones. It's funny you do this because as a kid, you know that was the kung fu thing. Yeah. And there was a couple, and I was in fourth grade. And there was a couple sixth graders that. Love to torment the kids. And he'll put a quarter in her hand. Say, if you can snatch this from my hand, you can keep it. But if you miss, I get to punch you. And I was really good at taking those quarters. That's they, like the hand slap game. They, 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 they punched me anyways, but I got to keep the quarter. <laughs> they stopped playing. It's like, no, he, he keeps taking the quarter. I don't know how he does it. There's actually a trick to it. The rice paper is your test. The rice paper. Fragile is the wings of the butterfly. Clinging as the cocoon of the silkworm, when you can walk its path and leave no trace of your passage, you will be ready. Now throw a spear at me. <laughs> can I do it? <laughs> you have to remember, I have spears in the corner. Yeah, I'm going to kung fu block it. <laughs> oh, okay. Just give me a minute to limber up so I don't pull a hammy or anything. <laughs> That's Lou's new favorite sound effect. <laughs> At least he's not muting me. Uh, well, yeah. not yet. Give it time. Urban adventures can be really, really fun. Our group had a good time running and playing an all-urban campaign. A city can just be a city, or it could be an entire campaign setting within the confines of the city walls. But before we get into it, let's talk about some ways you can support the DMD. You can support the Dungeon Masters Dojo in some very simple ways. Be patronizing, like Lou, and become a patron on Patreon and unlock exclusive patron content. Or if you're like Scott and long-term commitment is an issue, you can buy a Sasaki, shop our merch page for DMD swag, or use our drive-thru RPG affiliate link next time you shop drive-thru RPG. Or visit us on the web at the DungeonMastersDojo.com. There, you'll find links to all the above. Don't forget to email us and say hello. Thanks for listening. So let's talk about our first point. Figuring out where your monk fits in in the urban campaign. They don't have to come from a monastery or even have formal training, do they? No, I don't think they do. I think um, monk, the class, can be of any number of origins, right? So your monk could be 
just someone that's learned to fight on the streets of this urban setting. Well, I think Monk defines a, a fighting style more than it does a background. Right, right. Yeah, and when you when you hear Monk, right, the first thing you think of is like, well, the first thing I think of is David Carradine in, in Kung Fu. Yeah, Shaolin monks. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like the guys that walk around in wooden sandals and brew beer. <laughs> My favorite monks. Or the... Uh, Northern European monks known for uh, growing potatoes, the chip monks. Oh, my God. <sighs> I'm not going to play the sound again. Oh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, so they don't necessarily need to come from a monastery, right? It, it can be that fighting discipline. They could be a street tough. Um, they could be maybe a, someone who's been a, like a career doorman or bouncer, you know, at a, uh, at a tavern, somebody who's just good at fighting. Well, it could be just that, that incredibly dexterous wiry dude, you know, it just seems to be able to bend and twist and, and strike. And it's like, it's like trying to fight a, a, a freaking snake over here, you know, cause he never is in one place at once and you never know which way his, his eyes look one way and his body goes another and, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, of, they say it's a fighting style, not necessarily a background. And right. it could be derived from so many different ways. My urban monk would almost have to be like the town drunk. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> you know, that guy that's liquored up all the time, you well, know. The way Bill described them, and then I was like, oh, that'd be my monk, you know, always drinking, looking one way and fighting another. Yeah. So mine would be the one that, that is kind of like the beggar. That's out there all the time yep. and, and is always being chased by the constabulary and once in a while gets caught, but he always seems to get out of their grasp one way or another. And all of a sudden he's gone. And a few times, you know, it's like, you know, Hey, it's, it's only the, the town, you know, the town beggar over here. Let's take his stuff. And next thing you know, you find yourself on the ground, beat the shit. Cause he's really good at keeping his stuff. <laughs> so I, yeah, there's, there's, you know, that's two ways. There's countless ways to go about it. Uh, the drunken masters is is fun. Yep, is very fun. But I, I always I always try to put a different bent on my characters. Yeah, but I think what everybody normally play they play the way philosophy is a piece of uh, the Eastern monk teachings. This can be done like knowing the nature of things. Uh, your urban monk can um, be well versed in, in the nature of the city, politics, and even the people. Yeah, they know their way. They know their way mm -hmm. around around this this urban environment. They, they know there's kind of, kind of like this unspoken code in, in the hood. Not that I've ever, I really know firsthand, but <laughs> you know, there's, there's like that it's, it's a subculture, right? It's, it's within the main culture of the city and you could certainly have your monk be a philosopher of sorts. You know, they may be kind of like the, the wise person that people come to, you know, how do I. I need, I need something to eat. How, what's the best way to go steal that bread, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Or these thugs or this gang of street toughs is causing problems. You know, how do we navigate this sort of thing? It doesn't have to be, you know, the, the, the Chinese Shaolin or even Buddhist monk type thing. No, but it, it definitely should be, they understand the ebb and flow 
of the lifeblood of the environment that they're in. And it's, it may not be the, the mountaintops of, of top, you know, uh, Tibet or in the, the wilds of the jungle, it's an urban setting, but they can read the, the murmurs in the crowd of the people to see whether they're happy, they're sad, they're upset, they're, they're fearful and react to that. Um, and uh, again, you know, against the big bads and, all right, there's, there's definitely something about, uh, people aren't acting quite right, but I can't put my finger on it. Or the constabulary is missing or not as prevalent as they always have been. What's going on? You know, they may pick up on these, these little things that other people don't because they have their pulse on the, uh, literally on the, the, the lifeblood of the, the city itself. Yeah, and that could be because maybe they are that drunken master and nobody pays attention to them as they kind of work, weave their way through the tavern or the streets. Old drunk guy or that drunk guy, is not he's not retaining anything. He doesn't even know what he's doing. Look how hammered he is. Or, you know, it just happens to be that, that kind of slippery guy who's just happens to be everywhere. You just mm-hmm. never notice. Right. He's sitting on a bench over there at the base of a tree over there in the, in an alcove over there. He just seems to be around and no one, because he's a beggar, no one pays any attention to him. And like, once in a while, someone might look down and throw a copper piece in. Oh, I feel better about myself today. I helped some poor downtrodden person. But aside from that, they're not looked at. Society usually just turns a blind eye to them, but they are watching everything else. So depending on where your monk comes from it within the city, they may not be a peaceful monk who is skilled at fighting, but quite the opposite. Yeah, they may not be peaceful at all because, you know, maybe they're reared in the city streets. It's it's a dangerous place. They they got good at fighting from a lot of practice. You know, so they'll punch you in the mouth. They're, they're not going to avoid the fight. They're going to meet it head on because, you know, maybe their street cred could, you know, take a dip if if they don't, you know, meet meet the opposition with a little bit of force. So here's the perfect, here's the perfect philosophy. Do unto others before they do unto you. Yeah. I don't like the way that guy looks or why is this person in this particular part of the city? Uh, we, I better scare him away so he doesn't come back and, and end up in, in more danger. Of course, I'm going to beat the crap out of him, but I didn't kill him. And I might take his stuff, but that that's how he learns not to come back here. Yeah. And, and I need some stuff too, because I don't have any. So well, I'll, that too, I'll, yeah. I'll take his, you know, they're, they, they kind of pushed all the right buttons. And, and now this is, this is how you teach them a lesson. I would, I would say kind of get, get an idea of what the fighting style of your monk looks like. Like what, what, what is he? Is he, is he, um, or she for that matter? Are they going to be using their feet a lot? Are they more of a pugilist? Um, when there's a fight that breaks out, are they more like, is, is, is the fight look like, uh, something out of a, a, a born identity movie where, uh, you know, they're getting a, they're getting a beer mug from another patron in the side of the head. You know, someone's getting stabbed in the eye with a pencil. Uh, there's a phone book handy. So I'm going to beat the shit out of them with a phone book. You know, maybe there's a, after I break the bar stool, I'm going to, I'm going to club them with one of the legs. You know, what does this fighting style look like? It doesn't, it probably shouldn't be flashy and fancy in the vein of a Kung Fu movie. Well, not if you're trying to stay away from the, that whole Eastern mentality. It, it, that, I was just about to say, you know, maybe you can use real world life experiences. Like we all have different fighting backgrounds here. Like I would 
put what I know into the game where you would do what you know, but different and same for Bill. So we would have three completely different fighting styles on the table. True. Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor. You're a new DM who wants to jump behind the screen. Maybe you've been volunteered by your gaming group, but aren't quite ready. You've been watching people play games online or on podcasts, and you're thinking to yourself, where do they come up with all that descriptive narrative? There's no way I can do that. Well, don't worry. We've got a solution for you. What if I were to tell you that I can put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk while you're prepping your game? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there, and there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy, and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks for free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to the show. I would love to see my urban monk fighting much in the same way uh, Daredevil in the Netflix TV show, especially yep. that that hallway and stairway brawl with yes. the biker gang, which was probably <laughs> one of the coolest fight scenes, like, ever. Yeah. Um, and one of the longest, I think, probably, like... And I think that was done in one shot, they said. That's amazing. Like, beaten only by the Keith David or David Keith, uh, Roddy Piper fight in yep. They Live, which was, like, 12 minutes or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. But that gritty kind of nasty brawling stuff where people are going through doors, out windows, uh, being thrown downstairs, you know, just, just a savage brawl. Yeah, so you could use uh, TV shows for inspiration as well. Yeah. You could go John Wick on his ass. Yep. Yep, yeah, no, John John Wick certainly probably one of the more entertaining um, genres for... We can also use Scott's hero, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal, there you go. St- Steven Seagal. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, we're waiting for you to expound upon this. Um, <laughs> Steven Seagal. What? what haven't we already said? Yeah, if Jabba the Hutt had a ponytail... Um, <laughs> creepy, gropy Steven Seagal. Um, but I would, <laughs> I would, uh, I would love to model a character after him, like Fat Steven Seagal, not not young, slender Steven Seagal, but Fat Steven Seagal, who who is so fat he can't enunciate his words anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like the Godfather. Yeah, um, just because. It's just, it's so exhausting. His jowls are so heavy, he can't yeah, move his jaw. I just Except can't, chew. can't speak. <laughs> yeah. um, but I would certainly model a monk after after Steven Seagal, Aikido master. Except for like the creepy, gropey, rapey part. Because that's like a little disturbing. But uh, see, I don't know. My, my, I don't listen to the news or watch the news. So he's got a it. long history of like groping at like female, you name it. Okay. Just... I, I take that back, him being your hero then. Yes, thank you for that. I did. I used to really love his movies back in like the 80s. I think every kid our, yeah, that's our age now did at one point or another. I took Aikido just because I wanted to be able to clothesline people, you know, like Steven Seagal. Does it, it work like that? Um, no, not really. No, <laughs> no. I actually have, you know, never really, 
you know, I've, I've never like fought, uh, Jamaican drug runners or the mob or this is true. And if I did, I probably wouldn't be here cause it would have killed me. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not built for that sort of lifestyle. No one's trying to take control of your, your, uh, Navy vessel. No, oh, no. Okay. Um, I had a canoe once. Ah, there was only room for like a few people though. Not enough room for like people to take over it. There wasn't any room for them. All right. So explain key. Or how do you explain key? Uh, well, key would be, I mean, you'd still have it, right? There, it, it just be like different, right? You're not getting your key from meditating and, and building your, your inner energy. I like to think of the urban monk as uh, he rallies, right? Like Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan's getting his ass handed to him. And then, you know, remember when Hulk Hogan would, uh, would, you know, he'd start yep. shaking. Oh, he's hulking out. Here it comes. He's rallying. Yeah. Rallying. That's like pro wrestlers do. Get that one hand in the air, yep. quaking yeah. away. It's like, Oh, <laughs> here we go. Here's, here's the comeback. That, that sort of thing, that grit, that, uh, kind of. He suddenly stands up erect and gives you wild eyes. Yep. So, but how would you use that in Looks a game for, for, for our urban monk? So like when he wants to use key points, um, key points, uh, you could be like, you know, I've been, I've been pounding on a little bit. So now I'm angry. Yeah. Maybe you are at the point where you rally, you know, you're fighting multiple opponents. You've taken a couple of hits cause your dice haven't been going. Key would work the same way. But it'd be described a little different. I would it'd be think. described a little different. Uh, you know, you could just you know, use your key as like, describe it as like this person, this street thug, they got balls, man. They're, they're willing to risk it. You know, they've had to do that stuff before. They've had to jump from one rooftop to the other rooftop, or they've had to, you know, take on multiple opponents at the same time. There's, you know, any number of ways that, that you could do it. It's adding the flavor. Well, I, I think we're looking for how do you, how do you quantify the, the, the source of key? Is that what you're looking for? That's what I was looking All for, All right, yeah. so maybe it's a, a well of self-confidence that he has to build to. Beer muscles. Beer muscles. <laughs> Um, you know, so where it's, it's like, I'm getting into, I'm getting into it. It's like, you know, it's not necessarily a rage, but it's, it's a sudden drive built on the self-confidence that I can do this. I need to do this. And that's, you know, and that's how you quantify the, the source of the key. Um, after that, the mechanics are pretty much the same, but where, where did the key come from is, you know, what, what, how do you name that well of power? So overwhelming self-confidence, um, overcoming a fear. A love for the fight. Uh, yeah. That's why I, you know, I, yeah, I, I did it for a while because I loved the fight. We had, a, if we were able to fight every first month of the, uh, first week of the month and the last Friday of the month. Like you, yeah, your, <clears throat> your, your monk is happiest when, when they're fighting. Yep. They're just that person that enjoys a, a, a good fight. They don't even have to be angry about it. It's like they, they could, at, at the end of the fight, extend a hand, help them up, you know, how you, dust them off. You know, that was a good fight, buddy. Let me buy you a beer. Um, That'd it, be an awesome monk. Yeah, it could just be a love for it, the it, fight. It could be the anticipation of the victory. Yep. Whether you win or not, you know, it's the anticipation of the victory. That, that's what's fueling him. And that's where you know, he's drawing from the, you know, the, the abilities, the power, the key is the anticipation of that moment of victory. And whether he gets it or not, it's like, nope, I've been defeated. That was a good fight. You know, yeah. gets up and goes, damn, you, you did a great job, you know, when, if he's conscious. Or like I said, he helps up the, you know, helps get, damn, I enjoy a good fight, you know. 
beer. Um, so yeah, it just, I, it's, I think you, you, there's a couple different ways, but I think that's kind of like a few ways to, to name the well of power yeah. that you're drawing from. We call it key, but somebody else might go, he, he might turn and go, these are my pissed off points. I still like the whole analogy with Hulk Hogan shaking. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. Yeah. With the, you know, with, with looking at character classes, think outside the box. Yes. And then step outside the box after you've, you've given it some thought because there's, there's a lot, an urban campaign can be fun and there's any, anything, any character class, any character race that you can think of fits neatly within an urban campaign. I like the whole idea of just an urban campaign because it's in a confined setting, not a confined world. Um, and you can move your setting from city to city yeah. as time allows. Or sector of yep. the city. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, um, the the wealthy part of the city is a very different area than like the slums or the docks or the merchant, know, the merchant district. Sec- yeah. yeah. And you can, you can have adventures in each one of those. And it's like being in a totally different part of the world, even though it's in the, within the confines of these city walls. And it, it could be, it having an urban campaign could be a lot of fun. It, it can be, and it should be. I think it's for me, it's more common to, it would be more common for adventurers to adventure in a city than it would be to adventure outside the city because there's not a lot to do until you find it. Well, there's a lot. There's more resources. Exactly. You know, it's, inns are everywhere. Bars are everywhere. It's not whether you have the money to afford it, it's another matter. Oh, you know, there's more villainy in but the cities. More, right. There's, there's there's more people looking for help. There's more people, if you're on the bad side, there's more people to, to pilfer from. Yep. So you have it all combined in one area. Yeah. And druids, certainly. Rangers, of course, you know, rogues, no brainer. Paladins, yeah. Monks, certainly. Barbarians, yeah. Barbarian culture and barbarian class are very different things. We yes. won't go into it now because, you know, that's a whole other like <laughs> like episode. But anything can translate neatly into a city setting if that's what your campaign is going to be. Well, you think about it. It's a city for a reason. It's a gathering yeah. place for. In almost every case, multiple you know levels of society, multiple levels of of abilities, different races, different classes, because the city's where you go to, to get things. Whether it's information, whether it's wealth, whether it's supplies, you go to where it's congregated, and that's a city. So anything and anyone is available in the city for just that reason, because that's where everyone goes. And I would I would say that an urban campaign is a lot easier to do. It's a lot less work because you don't have to build a world. You just have to build a city. And you can build a city, like, a uh, sector at a time. Yeah. And your NPCs are going to – you're going to encounter these people again because no matter how big the city is, it's still not so big that you will never bump into this – you know, this shady merchant prince. Well, especially if you're in one area and that's your home base. Yeah. You know, you know the people in your home area and there's good, there's bad, there's ugly. There's the, you know, the kindly lady down the street that'll always give you a crust of bread if you ask. Uh, But there's also that one constable that gives you shit every time he sees you. And you know these people over and over and over again and they know you. So you can have the reoccurring NPC 
and have a whole storylines built around them as well. We had a blast doing it with yep, our it campaign. Yep. It was fun. And that's five approaches to playing an urban monk. We'll see you next time in the dojo. Thunderwave! <laughs> that bar is gone. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day. <laughs>